Welcome to our Painesville Assembly of God podcast. Our desire is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If this message touches your heart, we'd love to hear about it. Email us at info at or visit PainesvilleAG.com. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to your faith. Well, today I'm excited uh, to have a guest with us today. Uh, Zach Ricks and, uh, and I got connected about 2019. We took a team uh, to Honduras on a missions trip, and we had the opportunity to go to the city of San Pedro Sula, where uh, we worked with a church there and a pastor by the name of Pastor Byron. And we continue to work with Pastor Byron and, and some of the things that he does there in San Pedro Sula. And, uh, and Zach has helped us to be able to support uh, some of the work, the church planting work, some of the work that uh, has taken place when there was flooding from the hurricanes and different relief things that have been done. Zach and I got connected so that we could be able to support that, and Zach was able to help us as boots on the ground, he and his family, as missionaries there in San Pedro Sula in Honduras. And so I invited Zach to come and to share with us what God is doing in Honduras, and also to share the word with us this morning. So will you give Zach a warm Painesville Assembly of God welcome as he comes today to share with us. Praise God, it's... A privilege to be here with you all this morning to worship, to spend time in the presence of the Lord. Uh, my wife, Danya, and our three daughters, Gabriella, Sophia, and Rebecca, send their greetings to you all this morning. They're back in, in Florida, um, where it's a little bit warmer, uh, but uh, they're not here this morning because tomorrow morning I'll fly out to Honduras for about 10 days uh, to check up on a couple of our, our building projects. We're in the process of building a school for deaf kids in San Pedro Sula. Uh, and you'll get to see the pastor that we're working with in the video in just a second. And also we're building some dormitories uh, at one of the Bible schools uh, for our pastors that come from hours away to study the word of God and be uh, receive studying time and, and be prepared uh, to, to better minister in their communities in many of these rural areas. Areas. And so we're, I'll be there for the next 10 days, pray for that trip, that God will uh, bless our efforts there, and then I'll, I'll, I'll be coming back to finish our year of itineration. But uh, thank you so much. Thank you for partnering with, Hon- with, with missionaries in Honduras, uh, with Denisha that was there, and, and also with Rachel Mullins. I was talking with Pastor this morning, one of our other uh, missionaries in Honduras that is doing just fabulous job working with kids and, and training children's pastors all over the country. And I know your church is has partnered with her as well. And, and um, during the time of hurricanes last year, uh, you guys were just such a big help to, to partner with the humanitarian aid efforts that were going on and, 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 and just uh, making a tangible difference in the lives of people that were hurting and that had lost everything during those, uh, during those storms. Uh, just real quick to share a little bit of my story and how I ended up in Honduras. Uh, I was a 19-year-old kid um, going to college up in the mountains of North Carolina. I had a basketball scholarship and was there. And, and uh, like college students, they go home during the summertime and work a summer job. And I was back in Florida working a summer job, getting ready to return for my sophomore year. And on a Wednesday night, I received a phone call from a great uncle of mine that's a longtime Assembly of God missionary in Honduras. And, and, and he called and he said, Zach, I know you're called the missions. Come to Honduras and work alongside me. 
And, uh, and something stirred in my heart in that moment and said, take a step of faith and go. And, and I said, all right, I'll go. When do you want me to come? And it was Wednesday. And he said, I want you to come this coming Monday. And I got off the phone and I called my parents and I said, mom and dad, I've got some great news. I'm moving to Honduras on Monday. And even though it seemed wild and crazy, uh, it was God ordaining my steps and, and, and moving me there. I, I spent three years as a single guy in Tegucigalpa, the capital. Uh, I met my wife who's born and raised there. She grew up in my uncle's church and we got married, returned to Florida. We're on staff at a church outside of Orlando for several years. And we thought Honduras was, was behind us. We didn't think we'd go back to Honduras. We thought maybe we'd go back to the mission field, but to some other country, some other place. And and in 2014, during a time of prayer and fasting, we had one of those moments that you know, that you know, that you know, that God has spoken to you. Have you ever had a moment like that where God speaks to you in a clear way and, and it doesn't matter what anybody else says, but you know, God has spoken to you. And he said, Zach, I'm calling you and your family back to Honduras. I'm not done with you there. And that started us again on the journey of becoming missionaries, returning to Honduras. And, and he's just opened up wonderful doors for us in that country. I'd like to show a video here. You'll see uh, some of the humanitarian aid efforts during the hurricanes that you were a part of, that your church was a part of. And then you'll also uh, see some of the ministries that were involved in, in Honduras. So if we can play that video and then I'll come back up. God bless. We are the Riggs family, your missionaries in Honduras. It's hard to believe the four years have gone by and now we are back itinerating to raise our budget to return to Honduras before the summer of 2022. During our first term, we have faced great obstacles such as political unrest, a pandemic with extreme lockdown measures, and more recently, two hurricanes that came through within two weeks of each other, causing much devastation in the northern part of the country. I confess, bowing near, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I Because of you, we have been able to help many families that lost everything during Hurricane Eta and Hurricane Iota. We have been able to help them with beds, stoves, food, clothing, blankets, water, and much more. Despite these many challenges, the Lord has opened up great doors for us. When God called us to Honduras, he put this phrase in our hearts. Reach a generation and you can reach a nation. We have a passion to make an impact in the lives of at-risk children in order for them to know the love of Jesus and also to have a brighter future. Partnering with a local church in San Pedro Sula, we launched Centro de Vida, or Life Center, which is an after-school program where local kids come for lunch and tutoring. We have been able to form a great team of volunteers that pour into these children's lives week in and week out. 
pray with us to be able to expand to more locations with the Centro de Vida program during our next term in order to reach more kids and show them that they have value and are important. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cry. You lay down your life. One project that we are very excited about is the construction of a school for deaf children in San Pedro Sula. Often the deaf are neglected and abused, but this school will be a place of refuge and will provide an education for children that otherwise would have no chance of a successful future. Another opportunity that the Lord has given us is to take part in a church planting initiative on the north coast among the Garifuna people group. In Honduras, there are roughly 50 Garifuna communities, and we are believing for God to help us establish vibrant, spirit-filled churches in each one of those areas. Who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. One of the areas that we are planting a church is in the Garifuna community of Bahamar, just outside of Puerto Cortes. We are meeting under a mango tree, but even there we are seeing people saved and discipled. We look back with amazement as the Lord has allowed us to complete three church building construction projects and to also put roofs on two other churches during this past four years. Down your Thank you for believing in the importance of having missionaries boots on the ground here in Honduras. As we push forward with what God has called us to do, please know that you are part of our team here, and together we can continue to make a difference. If you would like to connect with us, please feel free to follow us on social media, send us an email, or give us a call. Praise the Lord. Who knew that God could show up under a mango tree and touch lives and save souls? You know, often God can take a tragedy and he can turn it into a testimony. Uh, during the hurricanes, we began to reach out in that community. The Garifuna is one of the people groups in Honduras, uh, very different from the rest of the country. They have their own language, their own, um, their own type of food, their own uh, way to dress, completely uh, different. And, and God just uh, opened up a, a door during the hurricanes to reach out in this community, to take um, food and provisions and, and, uh, and just minister to their tangible needs. And, and in the middle of that, making a, a connection with them, building trust with him. Uh, somebody just lent us a piece of land and said, you can meet here. And, and we began to meet under a mango tree. And then people began to respond to the gospel and give their hearts to the Lord. And, and, uh, and, and, and so um, God is just doing some great things there. We just had our first baptismal service in that community about three to four months ago. And two young ladies decided they wanted to be baptized. They had received Christ and, and wanted to take that step of, of, of faith and, and, and be baptized as well. So be praying for 
them uh, and be praying for, for all that God is doing there in Honduras uh, as we'll go back next year uh, and, and that he will just continue to open doors and, and go before us um, after service today. Please stop by the back and, and get a prayer card. Uh, pray for us. Pray for our girls. Um, put it on your refrigerator, that prayer card. That's the best place for a prayer card, on the refrigerator because we go to the refrigerator every single day and usually multiple times a day. And so every time you see it, Say, God, we just pray for the Ricks family. Be with them. Will you do that? Thank you. Praise the Lord. If you got your Bible, open with me today to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. This is the portion of Scripture on the, the miracle catch uh, where Jesus calls the disciples to be fisher, fishers of men. Fishers of men. And I know it's probably not a surprise when the missionary preaches a message that's a missions message on us being fishers of men. And, you know, being a fisher of men, it's all about winning the lost, sharing the hope that we have with the people around us, whether it's in our workplace or our neighborhood or our school or the, the people we might come in contact with in the grocery store or on an airplane or wherever it might be. God wants you and I to be fisher of men. He wants you and I to be about his business and sharing the hope of salvation that we have with those around us. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says this. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you for your presence this year. Thank you, Jesus, for the privilege you give us to come to your house, to worship you, to fellowship with each other, and to hear your word. We just ask this morning, Holy Spirit, that you'll speak to our hearts, that you'll challenge us. We thank you, God. For all that you're doing in this place, in your name. Amen. Amen. You know, I think we all have our fishing stories. Are there any people here this morning that like to fish? Raise your hand at me if you like to go fishing. Oh, we got lots of fisher, fishermen here in this place today, you know. Usually the, uh, the common story about fishing or, or, you know, that you might hear often is the guy goes home, right? And he tells his wife, hey, I caught one like this out on the lake today, and really we all know it was just some little sardine that he caught. You know, I remember one time we went fishing, and 
some friends, they said, hey, come on, we're going to go fishing. We're going to go out all night. I went with my wife. We were newly married, and we had fished all night long. I felt like the disciples. We had been out there on the lake. We didn't catch anything. We ate our snacks too quickly. Who knows? That's the worst part when you eat your snacks too quickly, and you're like, hey, it's time to go. And right about three in the morning, you know, we, we said, let's go in. And, and, and right when we're getting ready to turn the boat around and head in, we hear from the other side of the boat, my wife, she screams, hey, wait, 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 I've got something on the line. And sure enough, she reels in this fish. And I said, all right, honey, you caught one. Now it's time to go. And she's like, no, 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 we're not going anywhere. We stayed out there for a couple more hours as she reeled in one fish after another. And us guys, we didn't catch anything. We all have our fishing stories, but we're not talking about catching fish. We're talking about being fishers of men, winning the lost around us. And this morning, I just want to share a few thoughts from the scripture, from these verses, some things that the Lord has challenged me with, has spoken to me, and, and just share those with you this morning. Again, in verse 1, Jesus, he was standing by the lake, and it's interesting that there were people that were crowding around him to hear what he was going to say. It's almost like there was this desperation in their hearts. I love how it says it in, in, in Spanish. It says, el gentío se agolpaba para escuchar de Jesús. It says the, the multitude, the people, they were, it gives this impression that they were running into each other. Just to be close to Jesus, just to hear what he was going to say, just for a touch from the Lord. And, and you know, friends, our, our world seems crazy and chaotic. Sometimes it seems like it's been turned upside down. It seems sometimes like their people's hearts are hardened. But in the middle of all that crazy and craziness throughout the world, there are people that are hungry and desperate to hear from the Lord, to hear that Jesus can save and he can heal and he can set free. Do you believe that he can still do those things? in people's lives I think back to that church that we're planting under a mango tree and shortly after we began to have services there we put up a makeshift roof something that's typical for that area it's called a champa and a champa is a, a roof made out of the branches from the palm trees and we put up this, this champa to protect us from the rain and I remember one Saturday it was raining so hard and we began to head out to this community with some of our, our leaders. And, and in the car, I told the guys, I said, man, I don't think anybody's showing up today because it's raining, it's pouring, it's nasty outside. It's the, the church is on this long dirt road where it's so muddy and people don't have cars. And so they're going to walk the church. And because of the rain and the mud, nobody's showing up. That's what I, I told these guys. But I said, you know what, let's go just see what's happening and, I remember so clearly on this long dirt road, looking through the haze, looking through the, the rain and the, the fog. And I, as, we're, as we're on our way there, I can see in the distance under the champa, under this makeshift roof out of palm tree branches, I can see a group of people huddled together waiting to hear the word of God because they're hungry. They need a touch. And there's people around you in your Sphere of influence in, in your community. There's people around you that they're inside. Their soul is crying out for somebody like you to share your testimony, to share the hope that you have in Jesus with them. To be Jesus's hands and feet to those people, to those family members that don't know Christ, to those friends that don't know Christ, 
to those neighbors that don't know Christ, to those coworkers that don't know Christ, to share that hope with them. You know, God, he's left us this mandate to go into all the world and to share Jesus with every person. In verse two, something that is interesting is Jesus, he notices that there's some boats parked on shore and there's some fishermen that are washing their nets. I, I believe that we are truly living in the last days and God is preparing a harvest of souls that need to be one to him. I believe that in these last days, we're going to reel in the greatest harvest of souls that we've ever seen. And something rises up inside of me and says, Zach, in these last days, in this great harvest that is ready, you can't have your boat parked on shore. Zach, you can't have your boat parked on shore and you can't simply be washing your nets. When we think about winning the loss, when we think about the mandate that God has given us to go into all the world and how us, the church, has that responsibility, we need all hands on deck. All followers of Jesus engaged in the Great Commission. Let me make it a little bit more personal. Here at Painesville Assembly of God, we need every single person to be involved, to be serving in ministry here in the church, to be reaching out to people around you, not to have your boat parked on shore, drinking coconut water, playing volleyball, looking at the other boats, saying, hey, look at those guys out there. They're, they, maybe they're fishing. Maybe they caught something. But to say, no, I'm going to be involved in the Lord's business. I'm going to be involved in this mandate of reaching the lost around us. In verse 4, after Jesus is done teaching the people, Listen to what he tells Simon Peter to do. He says, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And hear the voice of the Lord this morning saying that to you in your life, in your situation, in your family. Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Jesus, he's telling Simon Peter and the other disciples that they no longer can stay in the shallow end where everything is easy, where it's comfortable, where there's no risk involved. But he's telling them, push out into deep water. I've got something for you to do. I think about our call to Honduras, my family's call to Honduras, and when God called us back as, after, after we'd been married and our daughters were born, God calls us back to Honduras. At that time, Honduras was one of the most violent countries in the world. San Pedro Sula had more murders per capita than any other place. And there were people that say, Zach, how would you go to Honduras? Why would you take your three daughters to Honduras? And it's because we heard God telling us, push out into deep water and leave the shore behind. 
And for us, that's what pushing out into deep water was, to go and answer the call of God to be missionaries in Honduras. And, and for you, it might be different. Pushing out into deep water for you might be going across the street to invite that neighbor to church. In the deep water for you might be serving in, a, in, a, in the children's ministry here, in the youth ministry, in some ministry here where we need leaders. We need help. We need volunteers. Pushing out in the deep water for you might be being involved in the foster care ministry and, and filling that envelope up with money next week so kids can be blessed around the world by bringing those gift cards so, so you teenage foster kids feel loved and cared about Christmas time. Pushing out in the deep water might, might be opening that business that God put in your mind. He put, he put that idea in your mind and you've been wrestling with it and he's saying, hey, I want to use this for, for, for my glory. I want to use your talents and giftings for my glory. Push out in the deep water. I don't want to play it sure. I don't want to hang out at sure. If we're living in these last days and the time is short and Jesus is going to return soon and that trumpet's going to sound soon, I want to be about his business and I want to push out into deep water. After Jesus calls Peter to push out into deep water, in verse 5 we can see Peter's response to Jesus. And it's really a two-part response First, Simon Peter answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. They'd fished all night. They hadn't caught anything. Imagine the tiredness in their arms. They're worn out. They're exhausted. They had already cleaned their nets. I imagine some of the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, why didn't you ask us to do this before we clean the nets? And I think about Peter's response. We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. And I think some of us have similar experiences. Some of us can, can, can say, hey, you know what? I identify a little bit with Peter. Has God ever asked you to do something and you feel kind of like that? God, I've tried this before. And I haven't got anywhere. God, I've served in this area before and I haven't seen the growth that I wish I, I'd seen. God, I'm, I'm giving it all I got, my energy, my strength, and, and I, take, I, I, I take two steps forward and three steps backwards. Have you ever felt like that before? I think we've all felt like Peter sometimes in our lives. We serve, we reach out, we preach the word, but maybe we don't see the increase, the growth that we wish we'd see. We work, we work, we work, but we don't see the results that we want. Sometimes we simply just want to throw in the towel and say, I'm done. I'm parking the boat at shore. I'm throwing the nets away and I'm done. Sometimes we think about the prodigal son, the prodigal daughter that we have, and, and we say, man, I prayed for them, I prayed for them, I prayed for them, and, and they seem more hardened than before. Lord, I believed you for a miracle, I prayed for the miracle, I, I'm believing for this healing, and, and my body is getting worse instead of getting better. Peter, he said, Master, we've worked hard all night, and we haven't caught anything. 
In the second half of verse 5, Peter continues with his response to Jesus, and he doesn't just stop there. He doesn't just give an excuse and say, God, I've tried this before. I'm not doing it. But he continues, and look at what he says. He says, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And I'll ask you again this morning, what is God speaking to you? What is he calling you to do? Where is he calling you to go? What's he asking of you? What direction is he guiding you towards? And, 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 and whatever you might be feeling inside, that turmoil, that disappointment, give it to the Lord this morning and say, but because you say so, Lord, I'll do it. Peter was saying, I'm not going to trust in what I can do. I'm not going to have faith in my own strength. I'm going to trust in you, Jesus. Peter knew it wasn't just anybody that was speaking to him, that was asking him to go. It wasn't just uh, any, any old person that was telling him to push out into deep water. He knew it was Jesus, God in the flesh, speaking to him and guiding him. Peter knew that the night before they had done things on their own, in their own strength, but now Jesus is in the boat. And you know what, friends? When Jesus is in the boat, everything changes. Anything is possible. I want Jesus in my boat. I remember meeting with Pastor Marcos Jordan there in Honduras. He Pastors the deaf church. He opened the first school for deaf kids in Honduras. And, and we don't really have anything to do with deaf ministry. But we have a heart for marginalized kids. For kids that are abused and neglected. That have virtually no hope for an education. And, and, and when we met with this pastor and he explained how they bought a piece of land. How they wanted to, to build a school for these kids. How they deserve a school. How they deserve dignity. And in education, I could hear the voice of the Lord saying, Zach, push out in the deep water. And even though it seemed like a huge mountain in front of us, I wanted to respond to the Lord and say, yes, Lord, because you say so, Jesus, we'll do it. Because you say so, we'll do it. In verse 6, notice with me the first few words of the verse. It says, when they had done so. Those five words there, when they had done so, show us the obedience of the disciples. They didn't simply hear the call of God to push out into deep water and, and say, all right, Jesus, because you told us to do it, we'll do it. They didn't just stop there, but they actually took the next step of faith and said, all right, God, we heard from you. Our answer is yes. And now we're going to obey what you're telling us to do. If they had simply said, because you say so, we'll do it and just stop there, but didn't actually push out into deep water and didn't actually let down the nets, they would have never experienced the miracle. Because miracles always follow our obedience. 
And if you want to see the miracle hand of God working in your life, you've got to obey him and cooperate with what he is asking of you. And when you begin to obey him and you begin to walk by faith and you begin to do what he's asking you to do, I believe that that supernatural power of God will begin to work in your life and you'll experience the miraculous too. God, he always blesses our obedience. Sometimes we want God to move before we move. We want God to do it before we take a step of faith. And God, he tells us what to do, and he, he looks at us, and he's like, all right, it's your move. It's your move. And when we cooperate with him, when we obey him, he shows up. He provides. He makes a way. He does the miraculous. In verse 7, it says, so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. I love this verse because it's such a wonderful illustration of what missions is all about. It's not about any particular missionary or any particular pastor or any particular church. It's all of us coming together and say, hey, we're going to be about God's business, and we're going to reel in this, this end-time catch of souls that is ready. The disciples, they couldn't pull it in on their own. They needed help, so they called out to the other boats, and they said, hey, you guys come and help us. You guys come and give us a hand. Missions is all about teamwork. It's all about unity. It's all about working towards one goal and one purpose, and that's bringing people to Jesus. And again, thank you. Thank you for partnering with missionaries all around the world. In the final verses of the passage, it says, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, for he and all his companions were astonished at the fish they had taken. They were kind of overcome with fear. Some versions said they were afraid. They were scared. You know, when God begins to move in our lives and we begin to obey him and walk by faith and he begins to do the miraculous, sometimes it can be a little nerve-wracking. We can kind of get a little nervous, get a little scared, and be like, God, what's happening? But look at the, 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 the words of Jesus in verse 10. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And hear the voices of Jesus this morning looking at you, telling you those exact words, don't be afraid. They pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. And that's our responsibility as well in today's age to be completely 100% surrendered to the Lord. To say, Lord, whatever you ask, whatever you want, my answer is yes, I belong to you. To reflect and say, God, what do I need to surrender to leave behind so I can follow you better? What attitude, what relationship, what sin, what way of thinking do I need to leave at the altar so I can follow you better? They left everything and they followed him. They left everything. They followed him. As I close this morning, I want to remind you of another portion of scripture where Peter and the disciples go fishing again. 
In John 21, listen to what it says. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. Simon Peter Thomas called the twin Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, two others, and his disciples were together. In verse 3, John 21, 3, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going with you also. And this is really what I like to call a deja vu moment for, for Peter and the disciples. You know what deja vu is? It's French for seeing something that you've already seen. Anybody ever have a deja vu, deja vu moment? It kind of freaks you out. I think we've all had that kind of moment where, where something happens and you're like, all right, this is kind of a one-time only type deal. And then it happens again and you're like kind of spooked. You're like, whoa. Maybe you see somebody and you're like, I won't see them for a while. And you see them again. And you're like, whoa, I just saw you. I just had this experience. This just happened. And, and, and Peter and the disciples have that kind of a moment they said to him, we're going with you also. They went out, immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. And to give you just a quick little bit of context, here Jesus, he's died on the cross, he's risen from the dead, but the disciples don't know that. Peter, he's denied Jesus three times, and, and they're in this middle of this like internal conflict, like what are we going to do? Their world has been turned upside down. They're like, we left everything to follow this guy. Now he's dead. What's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to our families? And in the middle of that chaos, in the middle of those mixed emotions, in the middle of feeling down and condemned and depressed, they say, you know what, guys, let's go back to fishing. And remember back to Luke chapter 5, they had left everything behind to follow Jesus. They had left fishing behind to follow Jesus. And in the middle of, uh, of the situation of disappointment, they say, let's go back to fishing. In verse 3, they went out, immediately got in the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Imagine how they begin to talk amongst themselves. Hey guys, do you remember the last time we went fishing all night and we didn't catch anything? Do you guys remember? We went out, we came back to shore, Jesus showed up and he's like, hey guys, push out into deep water, let down the nets. And we're like, Jesus, we tried this, but because you say so, we'll do it again. Hey, do you guys remember the, this, this huge amount of fish we brought in? Can you imagine that amongst the disciples, they begin to talk? In verse four, it says, but when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? It was a dark moment in the life of Peter and the other disciples, and we've all been there where in disappointment, in the middle of depression, in the middle of anxiety, in the middle of feeling like we're a failure, we go back to maybe those things that we left behind. And in the, the middle of us going back, in the middle of us doing our own thing, in the middle of us doing what we think's best, I love how it says it here, it says, when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. And that just tells me, friends, that in the middle of your darkest hour, in the middle of my darkest hour, the morning will come and Jesus will be standing on shore. And he's not mad. He's not angry. He cries out to the disciples. He says, children. He calls them children. 
And God looks at you this morning, no matter what's happening in your life, and he says, hey, you're my child, you're my son, you're my daughter, I love you. I love you. Cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast. And now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Jesus, he wasn't done with the disciples. He wasn't done using them. He wasn't, he wasn't done using them for his glory. He had a plan and a purpose for their life. And even though they, they, they were down and out and they were depressed and they didn't know what was going to happen and they were confused in the middle of all that craziness, Jesus showed up and said, hey, I love you. You're my child. I'm going to use you for my glory. This morning, if you don't mind, stand to your feet and just bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you mean in our lives. Thank you for loving us and caring for us. Thank you, God, that you want us to be fishers of men. You want to use us for your glory. You want to do the miraculous through our lives to touch the people around us. Thank you, God, that you're not done with us. Through the middle of our mistakes, through the middle of our lack of faith, through the middle of us doing our own thing, the way we think's best, God, you still show up in the morning and say, child, here I am. This morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just wanna give this opportunity. If you're here and maybe you don't know Christ, maybe you've never given your heart to Christ, you've never surrendered to him. Maybe some time ago you made a decision to follow Jesus, but since that time you've drifted away and done your own thing. And this morning Jesus is looking at you and he says, here I am, my child, come to me. I just want an opportunity to pray for you if this morning you wanna give your heart to the Lord or get right with the Lord, just raise your hand so I can pray with you. Anybody at all that says, I wanna get right with the Lord. Anybody at all that says, I wanna get right. Anybody else? Anybody else that raises their hand? And those that might be watching online, you can pray this prayer in your house right where you're at and God will touch you, he'll change you, he'll transform your life. Can we pray this prayer together this morning and help the couple of people that raise their hands saying, I wanna get my heart right with the Lord. Let's just say this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for saving me. I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. I surrender to you this morning. Forgive me of all my sins. Make me a new creation. Help me to follow you, Lord, all the days of my life. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed real quickly, if you're here this morning and something just, just jumps inside of you and says, you know what? I need to push out in the deep water. I need to push out in the deep water. I want to be a fisher of men. If that's you, just raise your hand this morning. And I raise my hand with you this morning saying, that's me. I don't want to stay on shore. I want to push out into the deep end. I want to win the lost. I want to be a fisher of men. God, I just thank you for every hand that's raised saying, God, I'm going to push out into deep water. 
God, I pray for those that are hearing from the Lord right now that know his, his call, his direction. I just pray, Lord, for the faith to say, yes, Lord, because you say so, God. Because you say so, I'll go. Because you say so, Lord, I'll serve. Because you say so, Jesus, I'll obey you. I won't throw in the towel and say I'm done. I won't throw down the nets and say I'm finished because Lord, I know you're not done with me. Use me for your glory, Jesus. Let your miracle hand work as I obey you and I follow you. Father, I just pray an extra special blessing this morning on this church, on this congregation, on these pastors, Lord. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do in this community, for the revival you'll bring, for the souls that will be one, for the gospel that will go forth in power. We give you praise, Jesus, and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand this morning, friends? Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you're encouraged by this message. For more information, about Painesville Assembly of God, visit PainesvilleAG.com.